Hello and welcome to the Health and Wealth podcast sponsored by NK Active and Grosvenor Birch. So it's myself and Lewis back again for this month. Lewis, what have you been up to this month? Uh, not a lot, to be honest, actually. Um, pretty tired, but then it's uh, it's been working in the garden because we've had a bit of sunshine, as we always do. Yep. You know, it's that time of year that you think, oh, the summer's gone. What, we had about, what, maybe one week? Yeah. And I never see it because where I sit in the office, I've always got my back to the window. So for as, as far as I'm aware, I sit there typing away on the computer. And it's like, what a lovely day outside. And I thought, oh, yeah, yeah, it looks nice. And then carry on working again. And the cows are back as well. The cows are back, which brings the flies. Yeah. Um, so those of you that are, are perhaps, I suppose, in some ways fortunate enough not to have visited us, when the farmer puts his cows out in the field in front of us, uh, the flies just flock to the oak framed uh, barns uh, and we suffer. But this year we had our fly zappers out, yeah. didn't we? Which, that, which well, worked. Well. Yeah, it did work. Um, but in terms of what I've been up to, so, so as I said, some sunshine, some work in the garden, following on from, from your advice to take a break and not look at emails. and. Yeah and spend some time with the family. So doing stuff like that. Uh, and have very much got back into to golf recently. So some friends and, and I have joined a golf club again. Uh, and, and sort of hockey's taken a, a, a side step for a while um, while I work on my golf swing, which yeah. needs work. So what about yourself? Yeah. Um, it's, clinic's been good. We, it's, it was on the 12th, I think it was 12th of October. The, it, was, um, national, it was World Arthritis Day. So we, as we told everyone last week, uh, last month, have been doing a whole month of October around arthritis awareness. So we're near enough at the end of that, we've been recording loads of content. We had a professor, Professor Catherine Bowen, come down, who's one of sort of the world leaders into osteoarthritis research that affecting the foot and ankle. So we had a chat to her about what's new in the world of osteoarthritis and then making some videos around about dispelling some myths around arthritis because there's a lot of myths. To be blunt, it's just a lot of crap out there <laughs> with regards to around what arthritis is and what you can and can't do. Um, so that has been our month. There's been a lot of, it's been the first, as a team, it's almost like the first campaign where we thought I had a plan, right, we're going to record this, we're going to write this, we're going to do this. And it's been nice to actually have some structure to do in that whole that whole process yeah like a been... collaborative goal type thing yeah so so tell us a bit about arthritis <clears throat> then because i know this is fairly close to home because my dear grandmother bless her soul i mean up in up in the sky now but she suffered quite badly yeah. with with arthritis i couldn't tell you what type um but but arthritis in general and when i was very very young um i, I know there was a case that, that maybe she had some tablets or, or mm -hmm. something like that um, and she was effectively told there was nothing really that they could do for her apart from try to sort of ease the pain. Uh, and, and as I got older, um, I know that they, and I think it was new, fairly new at the time, they, they came out with these new treatments or, or whatever it was, but she started to have injections. And I know for a while these injections really sort of gave her yeah. a second lease of life, that all of a sudden she was sort of pain-free and could get up and move around. Um, but sort of tell us a bit, a bit, a bit about arthritis, because I know that, that my grandma, bless her soul, um, she sat down in a chair for a, a, a lot of her retirement and, um, you know, that probably didn't help. Correct. Um, but, but tell us a bit, how, is it a genetic thing, arthritis? So it can be. 
it can also be linked to previous trauma. So I, when I've ruptured my ankle ligaments playing squash, I know I've got a higher risk of developing osteoarthritis in my ankle at, in later life. Okay, why, why is that then? Because I've obviously had injuries yep. as well. Because why, it's why damaged is it, why is the, the cartilage. Uh, okay. When you have a significant injury um, and that just increases your risk of, of getting it. The biggest, one of the biggest things that people, the myth around, especially osteoarthritis, and we mainly speak of osteoarthritis because the other types of arthritis, like rheumatoid arthritis and the other inflammatory arthropathies, we actually know much more about those and they can be managed very well with medication. But osteoarthritis affects millions and millions of people throughout the world. But it's actually one of those forgotten about things. We don't actually know huge amounts about it. And it, you're always like brushed under the car. Oh, you got a touch of arthritis. Just don't worry about it. <laughs> um, and... <clears throat> One of the things that, is that I think we need to try and do is possibly sort of demedicalize osteoarthritis. Because if you take your nan, for example, she, yes, she may have had osteoarthritis and injections. So you can have steroid injections or you can have hyaluronic acid. Mm, hyaluronic right. acid is a natural occurring substance in the body. Just think of it as WD-40 for your joints. <laughs> Um, but actually the key thing that I would have picked up on your nan is the reduction in activity levels. Mm. So we know that actually with arthritis, it's most probably important that you move more. Yeah, and even more. though it's painful. And a lot of the times it may be painful, but actually once you get stronger, the pain reduces. Okay. So people used to say, oh, I, I don't run because it'll give me arthritis in the knees. Well, we actually know running is now most probably protective of you developing arthritis. People used to call arthritis wear and tear. Well, it's not wear and tear. We call it wear and repair. And what we mean by that is that a repair process hasn't happened. So the cartilage is worn away. One of the ways to try and keep that repair process happening is by loading, hence by exercising, lifting weights, Hence why the stronger and fitter you are, in general, the less arthritic pain people will, will have. And it's always going back to that thing of, well, actually, just because it's painful doesn't mean it's doing any more damage. Mm. And sometimes it's a case of, okay, we need to just get fitter and stronger. Yes, it's going to be uncomfortable from time to time, but don't let it control us and don't let us stop it from, from doing things. Because I can show you x-rays of people who have got what we call grade four osteoarthritis. So that's bone on bone, literally no cartilage left and still running marathons with no oh, wow. pain. Okay. I can show you pictures you've got grade one, grade two and have lots of symptoms. So actually your severity of arthritis doesn't correlate to how much pain and symptoms you're going to have. Sure. But in general, the fitter and more active you are, the less you will suffer with arthritis. And the reason injections can be very helpful in managing flare-ups, in managing if you're going through a bit of a rough patch, or it's the case of if the pain is too much where you need an injection to dampen things down to allow you to then do more. Um, so it's trying to educate people around about if you've got arthritis, okay, you've got arthritis, but actually there's still lots you can do. And I think it's, this is why I think trying to demedicalize it by saying, actually, it's trying to stop people from resting too much to try and get people more active. But we know as we get older, regardless if you've got arthritis or not, that's so important anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, we've mentioned that many times on the podcast, haven't it, we? It, About exactly. But getting yourself up and, and being active. Yeah. So there are just lots of myths that still out there. And that's what we've tried just to sort of dispel over the last month. Very nice. And, and that's finished now, is it? That, that arthritis month or is it? Near enough. Yes. Uh, we have got one more little section coming out and then that will be finished. And then we can we'll, we'll look to then just read them, repost some of the stuff we've done to help keep that education going. Because the cool. feedback from it's been good. Patients have liked it. People have found it interesting. People have learned, learned things. Um, we've even had 
this month's been treating a couple of people in the US with one with arthritis and one with not. He's found us because of stuff we've written and the arthritis stuff who they've actually said, no, what we're saying makes a lot of sense and they want to help to manage them remotely across the pond, as it were. Oh, yeah. Great, great marketing tool then. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's working nice. well. Uh, so speaking of, of sort of arthritis months or, or whatever it was, and, and last time we were on the podcast, it was pensions week. Yeah. Uh, this last week, just gone the 5th to the 11th, has been financial planning week or financial advice week. Um, not that I've written lots of articles or, or done any targeted marketing based on it, but um, I thought we could talk about a yeah. little bit in uh, even the, the 12, nearly 13 years now that I've been in financial services, how we've seen the role and the expectation of, of what an IFA or a restricted advisor can bring to someone and their finances. Um, and I think there's still a lot of stigma perhaps about what an IFA does um, and that is that principally people think it's product sales or it's a salesman I need a pension I go to an IFA he sells me a pension or she sells me a pension Um, and actually although that can be true with with some firms uh, I I think the tide has been changing and I think it's going to continue to develop um, into what we call or know as as planning Um, now people will call themselves financial advisors Technically, I am a financial advisor. I would say what I do is deliver financial planning. I wouldn't say I deliver financial advice. And it's all words and terminology. Um, But what do I mean by that? And well, what I mean is that if you came to see me and you had a problem with your uh, pension or you wanted to set up a pension... Um, that's absolutely fine and I can talk about that and I know all the rules and very qualified and have a lot of experience in dealing with that however my outcome is going to be based on your objective and so whilst you think I need to go and 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 quote unquote buy a pension or or open Uh a pension um, I might actually say to you well Hmm, have you thought about doing this or or based on now that I've met you Nick and we've had a discussion in the meeting room and I've asked you about your family uh, insurances all the sorts of things that we've spoken about before on the podcast actually now I've got this picture of you this this white sheet of paper that says this is who I am and this is what I've got and then we work out what your objectives are both now and future objectives it might be that I say well yeah pension is great that's going to be a tool that we're going to use um, but we're all also going to look at this we're also yep. going to look at insurance what happens if it goes wrong uh, and and financial advice I would say and you know I could be wrong here and it's my opinion but financial advice used to sort of be this product sales yeah I can sell you a pension Nick that's fine here you go here's the suitability report that tells you all about a pension and and what you're getting into and if you can cancel and here you go and, and that will be X number of pounds, please. Thank you very much for your business. And if you want me to look after you ongoing, I can do that. Uh, and I'll take a, a percentage of your pension, for example. That still happens and that's still fine. And that might be your only need, yep. in which case that's great. But I think what's happening nowadays when you come to see a, a financial planner is that you should be prepared to open up about everything you've got. And that's not me being... Um, prying into your affairs that's because there can be something that to you might seem really insignificant but to me when you tell me about it I say oh ah that means we're going to change or I'm going to change slightly what I'm going to recommend to you Um, and and so there are all these these things that actually when you go and see a financial advisor now or financial planner that it is much more based on the wider picture 
and as, as much as you can share about yourself and your objectives will help deliver an outcome to you that is really going to be meaningful and specific to what you need yeah um and that is very similar to the healthcare world as well in that we get people to fill out a five-page pre-assessment questionnaire that we we go into quite a lot of detail. Because as you say, people may think that that injury that they had five years ago is not relevant, but actually that changes the whole the whole picture. It, 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 exactly right. Yeah, I want you to look at this pension. I want you to look at this yeah. injury. Well, actually, uh, Sir, Madam, what other pensions have you got? Yeah. Because what we tell you about that pension might be dictated by your other four pensions. Yeah. What we tell you about that injury might be dictated, your rehab might be dictated by your other four exactly. injuries. Exactly, and we just say we you just need to take a more holistic approach. And exactly. from, from our perspective, when we're treating, it doesn't matter, it can be a foot, shoulder, knee, ankle. You have to realise that there is a human being attached to that injury that you've then also then got to treat as well so you can't just focus on that one area because you're going to miss 50 percent of of the um, work and i remember i am um, i treated it was i think it worked for no he did lapd so another in america i've had an influx of americans doing <laughs> virtual consultations with recently and we sat there and he works in homicide <laughs> and, and, and we sat there and we he was just like he was saying stuff and i, I consider myself to be quite a good active listener where i can do I, the idea is when people come to see us i just let them speak yeah and I'll take very miniature notes, just like key points. And then I'll then just start picking up on them. And it's the same with him. I remember we were doing it over over a video consultation. And I was just picking up on things left, right and center. And he sort of said to me, he says, our jobs are so alike. And I said, they are. It's sort of my job as a detective. I, your job is a crime scene. All the information is there in front of you in the crime scene. All the information is there in front of me. And you said, I've just got to ask the right question. And so have you got to ask the right questions to get to the... Mm. And, th- and then exactly that shut up and listen and, yeah. and take all the information on and i imagine that's very similar to uh, it, yourself. It, it, it's identical yeah somebody comes to see us and you know you you say right well this is your meeting you know tell me why you've come to see me um and, and people will recount you know what they've got stories i'm going to use this example going forward because people often colleagues will come to me and say nick can you give me a treatment program for a set condition and i'm like no because Every person is is different. Everyone's going to have... You could have 20 people come into clinic with an Achilles problem. Every person of that 20 is going to have this different journey and a different experience. And the treatment may be very similar, but it's going to be different for every single person. So to give someone a generic plan... It may work for 20%, but the other 80% it's not going to do... It's not going to achieve their goals. And the goals... One patient's goals may be... I want to get rid of my pain. The other one, maybe actually, I'm not too worried about pain. I just want to run a marathon. Mm. So it is finding out, asking that why they're coming in, looking at, and I, yeah. is, there's a book by Simon Sinek, isn't it? And it's called Start With Why. And I think that is most probably one of the best books I've ever mm. read because it is, you just need to start with why are they coming to see me? Why are they coming to see you? Yeah. And then both our roles, asking that question because then you can then deliver the service that is going to be tailored to that yeah, exactly individual. right. And we, we touched on that last time, didn't we, where we were talking about the sort of corporate world and, yep. and smaller business. And it's still exactly that point is, yes, you can put together some generic plan based on lots of experience and qualifications and the sorts of things that most people consider or, or need to think about. Um, but that doesn't take into account 
what the person's told you about a family member or what the person, you know, just so many different scenarios mm. that by me being sat in front of someone or yourself sat in front of someone and they, they, they say something that might seem very insignificant, but you go, mm, yeah, I'm going to make a note on that and come back to that later on. And that's the important part. And that's where, you know, for all the will in the world, I just would not be able to see two, three thousand people um, because you just can't hold that capacity of, of knowledge about everyone's individual circumstances. Exactly. And funnily enough, so after recording this, I'm off to Liverpool um, for our first face-to-face conference. In a- and I think actually the Liverpool conference that I'm going going back to speak to in, uh, this weekend, I think that was the last conference I went to two years ago mm. before then the pandemic hit because conference season in, in, in my world normally start runs from September to November, October time. And I try and fit, I, I try and be slightly naughty and fit my conferences in earlier. So then it doesn't impact on hockey too much because <laughs> <laughs> obviously we're both, we're in hockey season now, both of us. So me, I means I can't play this weekend. And it does, it does take a lot for me to turn around and say, I'm going to do something else rather than play hockey on a Saturday in the winter. <laughs> Uh, I, me and my wife, we, we have missed, uh, we've delayed anniversary meals, not gone out to family, important family events because we both had hockey in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's going to be really exciting going back to actually doing something face to face again. But actually, the thing I was actually, I've been asked to speak about isn't actually anything clinical. Well, I'm running two, two workshops that are clinically related, but my main talk is actually how to develop a management plan. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. And thinking of what we've just been saying now, that some of the stuff I'm speaking about isn't just specific for the healthcare world. It could most probably be taken into any industry that is people dealing with, with people mm. with regards. That could be health, it could be finance, it could be services. It doesn't it doesn't matter. So it's those sort of like workflow based processes. Is that what you're, you're, you're talking yeah, about? Yeah. So it's, it's sort of getting people to think about that. Why are they someone coming to see you? How are you then going to develop a plan? What's your, if things don't go to plan, because I should, in our world, because we're dealing with injuries and dealing with people, very rarely things go 100% smoothly. Mm. And it's, it sounds rather sad, but actually we rather have people have a setback during that program because they do it whilst they're under our care, but they realize that they can recover from that setback. Mm. And it's actually what I'm trying to get across in my talk is developing people, get how they can develop that plan to then work out what to do when it goes wrong, but then also then empower people to then take control of their own health needs. So mm. actually... I want to try and get every person who goes to see anyone in the private practice who aim to discharge them. Mm-hmm. And people look at me saying, like, I work in a, my own private practice where we earn money, the business earns money by seeing patients and I'm telling you to discharge your <laughs> patients. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I just think that there is enough people on this planet that actually, and especially with telehealth now, mm. telehealth, I've used, I, I hate that word, telehealth. It just sounds so... Oh, awful. Um, what's, what's telehealth? Telehealth, is that's the word that's been given to virtual healthcare. Oh, yeah, that's it, ju- it just sounds very salesy, doesn't it? It, it sounds, sounds like somebody on the telly at 5am just after the shopping channel's finished. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> doing some sort of fitness programme. Yeah, it's... So that's, yeah, that's the crux of 
the talk. I'm a little nervous about it because it's the first time I've been asked to give a talk not on in a specific injury. Mm. Um, so yeah, I've been practicing it lots and lots and lots. Ah, well, very good. Well, hopefully you get there and there's no one blocking the, the motorway on your way up. Yeah, I'm not touching the M25. No, going, no, it's I'm probably going. for the best. You've got to make sure that you get there on time. Yeah, and hopefully they don't block the toll road either. So, <laughs> <laughs> so have you got, did you, in our little pre-podcast episode chat, did you mention about stuff like education stuff happening at schools with regarding yeah well, so because that was never when when i was at school when you were a similar age to me i, I should imagine it wasn't you weren't really it never it was never a subject no, that's right so so you know finance and and i suppose in some ways real world planning has never been part of the the school curriculum has it no uh, you, you know you learn about mathematics and sciences and and, and english which is all great but you know that there, there is and this is going to get really political if we go too far but um there's always been a case of of you, you want to try and help uh young people get the best start in life in terms of an education of the sorts of things that they need to know in life to to, to plan and one of those is is money and of course, what happens typically is you have no idea about money. You start getting your paycheck um, and you don't know what income tax is. You have no idea what NIC means um, and, and a pension. Uh, and then you get this money. It goes into your bank account and you go, oh, this is great. I'm going to spend it. Yeah. And then what happens when you spend it all is you go, ah, bugger. Uh, I'm a bit older now and I've got to drive to work and I've got no money left because I spent it all on that night out or, you know, whatever it was. And anyway, and then you get into the realms of, of credit. And then, well, what's credit? And why have I got to pay someone to borrow someone else's money? Um, so what we do with the, the PFS, which is the Personal Finance Society, for which I am a, a fellow and, and also an education champion. So what we've got within the, the PFS is this um, education program where we go into schools who, who want to have us and we talk to any age group about money. Yep. And, and, and some of the things to look out for when they first start work. So what's on their paycheck? What does NIC mean? How much do they, you know, what is income tax? How do they pay it? And we could talk to them about pensions and we get them to understand how borrowing money from somebody else um, can be okay. You know, if it's student loans to, to fund education or if it's a mortgage to buy a house, but how the pitfalls of using it to buy a car or using it to buy clothes from a, a clothes shop um, can be really dangerous. Yeah. Um, and it's giving these, these children a, a bit of an education um, so that they don't fall into these pit, pit holes, um, in, you know, that can be really, really dangerous, that can then consume people um, and can have some really quite drastic negative effects on them. Like you, you know. hear all the time, don't you? And it's not nice that you do, of people getting it massively out of control with their money, with um, payday loans and yeah. credit card and store cards and and whatnot, because the majority of those, I would imagine, have an astronomically high interest rate. Yeah, and that's it. And that's um, why you know, being very cynical, that's why it doesn't change because they earn money from those people, and if they don't earn it from from them, they earn it from the people that the debt passes on to. Um, you know, so so there, there's an economy that is based right. around borrowing money from someone else but they are really dangerous you know so one of them at the moment that you you might see and if you haven't you'll see it in future is, is called Klarna have you seen yeah. Klarna so Klarna and and you know I'm not out here to to, to diss anyone these are tools that are very um 
intuitive and and good tools in certain situations but for young people um, who have just started earning some money uh, who like clothes or products or whatever it might be that they want to buy Klarna is designed so that you can spread the the cost and this is just the physical cost there's there's no quote-unquote no interest yeah. So Klarna doesn't charge interest, um, and you can spread the cost over free free monthly payments. And what it's sort of, and, and what we've seen in some of the marketing material is, you know, don't worry about taking something out of your basket. You can get it anyway because you can spread the cost over three months. But what happens then next month? They've got to make this second payment on something they've bought previous month, but now they need something else in month two. Well, they can't afford it, and it's just this spiral that gets out of control for some people. And whilst, yes, there's no interest with Klarna, well, what happens when you don't make the full payment is you get passed to a debt management company who are going to chase you for the money and they will chase you for interest. Um, So it's these tools that we educate children about and and just make sure that, you know, if you need it, you need it. Um, But it's knowing what's going to happen to you, um, you know, if if you don't repay that, make those repayments. Uh, And and so just to finish off sort of tidily, I suppose it is about educating children. And if you can do this yourselves at home, great, because it is important. You know, I learned some lessons in, in mistakes I made with money when I was younger. Um, but I would say that I'm much better equipped now because of those lessons I had. So it's not about trying to eliminate all the problems that can happen with, with children with money. But, you know, you've always got to learn from your le- uh, your mistakes. I know that. Yep. You know that. It's how we all learn. Um, if you've never had mistakes, I wouldn't sort of trust you that you know what you're on about. No, um, exactly. And, and it's the same with children. You know, let them make mistakes, um, but don't let them make mistakes with large sums of money that might have been given to them by inheritance or, you know, that you've given them or that they're taking loans to pay for for stupid stuff that they don't need. Um, and it's all about that sort of education, which is incredibly rewarding uh, and no doubt really valuable to to those children. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a nice place to end this episode. And yeah, thank you for coming along again. Mm, thank you It'll for thank you for listening to us ramble on about life stuff. And I, I, I do like it when it's just us two and we just have this this random chat. And I, I know no one can see it if you're listening you can't see us but we don't hold any scripts clipboards or anything we literally chat for five minutes beforehand what should we chat about and then we just get on and away we go yeah it just flows it works well it's amazing isn't it because there are so many consistencies between your line of work and my line of work and 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 actually lots of people's lines of work uh and you know if you can enjoy listening to us talk about hockey here and there and um and, and life uh, and, and pick up some tips here and there about uh, you know injuries or, yeah. or, or medical stuff that can happen uh, and also some financial planning then great well that's what we're we're trying to do here so thank you for listening please do subscribe to the podcast and if you have any comments just get in contact or post them below and we shall see you next month see you later bye goodbye